they are using all kinds of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. When I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Well, I mean, there is talk about Mars, and uh, that's exactly why we're doing the show today, uh, because there's a little article that uh, you brought to my attention yesterday. After the fact that we have finished Skywatchers Radio TV over on People's TV Network, and uh, it was such a juicy article that we had to throw a show together, so we're here tonight on Block Talk Radio only, exclusively, myself, Angel, and Rick on Skywatchers Radio, and uh, we're going to talk about, howdy, tell everybody hi, sorry. Yeah, hi everybody. I was talking to Mike. <laughs> anyway, but, uh, yeah. I happened to run across this just five minutes after the show ended. Just five minutes, man. And uh, it got my immediate attention. Go ahead and read them that headline. The headline reads, Whistleblower Laura Magdalene Eisenhower, Ike's great-granddaughter outs secret Mars colony project. Now, the article reads, in a public statement, Laura Magdalene Eisenhower, great-granddaughter of former President Dwight David Eisenhower has exposed her attempted recruitment from April 2006 through January 2007 by a secret Mars colony project. Ms. Eisenhower's account of her targeting by time travel surveillance and attempted manipulation by trained intelligent agents attached to a Mars colony project were revealed in an exopoliticradio.org interview and in an extensive written statement at Ms. Eisenhower's website. Uh, I mean, just the headline alone in the first couple of paragraphs of this uh, news story is mind-blowing. Hey, Rick. Uh, yeah, that's why it got my attention. And then, of course, we did a little more digging. Yes, we did. And in fact, I, I was even in contact with, uh, not so much in contact, I actually called Ms. Eisenhower and left her a voicemail. Uh, hopefully she does reply to my call. It'll be great to be able to have her on the show. Uh, if she does reply, we'll be able to get her maybe in the next couple of days. But we did hear the audio of the interview. It's playing on YouTube. And, uh, Rick, uh, your thoughts? Um, let me see. Am I going to be delicate with this? No, I'm not. I think she's a flake. Yeah. Now, having said that, having said that, she may have been manipulated beyond what she thinks she was manipulated. Let's let's just give this whole thing a, a serious benefit of the doubt for just a moment. Let's mm -hmm. say that there really was a teleportation machine to get people to Mars and back. And That'd be great. Just just for grins, 
let's say that there really was some kind of a time travel device, which she professes, also professes. And let's say for the moment that this handler that she claims came into her life and became romantically involved with her and then would suddenly drop off the face of the earth, literally, according to her, mm -hmm. for days and go off on these secret missions. Well, you know, even if she's telling the truth from her point of view, she's still being manipulated because she comes off as a flake. And what, be so. what better source of disinformation would there be than the real story coming from a flake? Yeah, can I say it better myself? Uh, in fact, uh, I was really giddy about doing this uh, this show tonight. Uh, just to talk about this, you know, this uh, article, and as soon as I started hearing the interview, sure enough, I mean, misinformation is written all over this thing. Uh, it's almost comical. I mean, some of the stuff that she's saying is so far-fetched. Uh, and then again, you know, just for argument's sake, we can say, well, you're talking about, you know, colonization on Mars. You have to kind of take it with a grain of salt, or you have to, you know, kind of... Uh, uh, suspend your disbelief or whatever, but there's a lot of stuff that she was talking about about her going to hell. Uh, it was bananas, man. Uh, there's no other words to put it. <laughs> I, in fact, there's a, a lady here on Block Talk Radio named Miss PG, who's a good friend of mine, and and to my other show off the Jackal's Bed, and she has a word that actually fits this perfectly. This was the noodles. <laughs> Okay, I like that one. I'll have to recall that one. But yeah, this basically, is the noodles. <laughs> uh, it's kind of interesting just to hear this person talk, and I'm yes, pretty confident that she, her middle name Magdalene, is assumed nom de plume. I don't think any self-respecting person. Well, okay, maybe because she said her father was Catholic, and after. Her parents split up. He became a priest. So, yeah, it's possible she could have that as her real middle name. But I kind of doubt it. Um, Mary, sure. Magdalene, probably not. Anyway, um, you – I know well, that you – uh, she, she, she is trying to sell herself, if you listen to the interview, as almost Messiah-like. And Magdalene, of course, is the name of Mary Magdalene. No, she was making no bones about it. She was making no yeah. bones about it. She, she believes she is the savior under the under Gaia worship. So, uh, okay, whatever. Yeah. Now, the article is interesting, though. It goes on to say, it says, uh, a Stanford-educated artist, futurist, and colleagues of Ms. Eisenhower has provided collaborating uh, firsthand witness accounts of her and Ms. Eisenhower's attempts at recruitment into the secret human survival colony on Mars, available at K.I. Leigh's website. There's a lot of promotion of websites on this article, which kind of throws me for a loop. Yeah. Uh, almost looks like it's a person just trying to get a lot of attention. Uh, the alleged purpose of the secret Mars colony was provided, uh, provide a, uh, a survival civilization for the human race on Earth in the event... Yeah, on Earth in the event of a, of a planned 
such as harp or bioweapon induced or neutral cataclysm such as uh solar flares or the crap they showed in the movie 2012 uh, where the world would come to an end uh, because of the solar yeah. flare. So in case yeah. that happens, her colonizer to Mars. Fantastic. Yeah, that's almost as far-fetched as her story. Yeah. Well, there's a little bit better science, I think, in 2012 than her story. But that's oh, neither here nor there. <laughs> well, since you brought that up, there are a lot of parallels, actually. The, the movie 2012 used every word associated with the Mayan calendar predictions and, and other bad science. And as I was telling you earlier, she has hit, in that interview, she hit every buzzword in the paranormal lexicon except, I think, ghosts. She, she mentioned the hollow earth. She mentioned you know, every single aspect of paranormal, anything you can find on Blog Talk Radio in the paranormal category except ghosts, she hit. And like you said, you know, what better way to get hits than with all those tag words? Yep. Oh, yeah. You know, it almost, and you actually hit it kind of, uh, you nailed it right on the head earlier when we were talking. It sounds very, very much like she just saw Avatar a couple yeah. of days ago. Yeah. And said, ooh, that's a cool story. I'm going to go in and concoct some crazy uh, planet-worshipping story of me going to hell and coming back to save the planet from disastrous man. Yeah. That's kind of what it sounds like. She uh, spent a couple nights watching Avatar, probably with her and her, and her kids, saw it on 3D, and the 3D was so good. No, it was I don't mesmerizing, think she... and it made her believe all kinds of crazy stuff. I don't know if she has her kids or not. She has a partner, though. Wow. Well, there you go. That's a step in the right direction. Now, the question is, is the partner uh, as kooky? I wonder if the partner well, claimed to be actually Jesus Christ. You know, well, I, you know, the partner's another gay worshiper, another woman. So um, so I could do a lot of speculation on that, which I won't. But um, the partner's also the corroborating witness in all this, you see. Mm-hmm. So this story just gets laid on thicker and thicker. It's interesting. I'm gonna, like I said, I tried to contact her. I left her a voicemail. I'm gonna see what happens with that. Yep. You know, I'm gonna see if she, uh, if she replies my call. Maybe she'll be interested in being on the show, and we can hear from her own mouth her story and and have her say it live here on the show. Either way, I would like to have her on the show because, regardless if you believe her story or not, it's damn. I'm getting a lot of IMs. Whether you believe it, you know the story or not, it is a very interesting article, and it's a very interesting story. Uh, and who knows? We might be, uh, you know, not believing somebody's telling the truth. There's always that possibility. There is that possibility. Um, I doubt it, but there's that possibility. Yeah, I, I, I would have to hear something a little more convincing than what I've heard so far. Now, granted, I didn't get to the last three or four parts of the uh, exopolitics interview. But nevertheless, uh, the introduction was enough to kind of put me off. Of course, yeah. Yeah. What can I say? I'll go back and be more diligent later. You know, well, yeah, I got to the third part, and uh, I kind of uh, took it off there because 
we were doing the show, and there's like five parts or six parts of that interview. I will listen to the whole thing, and, uh, you know, this weekend I'll guess I, I'll give my full review of the interview or whatever, or maybe next week. And maybe she decides to do the show, you know, that'll be even better. But, uh, yeah, man, I was a little disappointed, a little disappointed, uh, kind of the same way I was disappointed when I first saw the Stan Romanek Blue video. Uh, that kind of disappointment. Yeah, I understand. Another one in ufology that makes no fucking sense. Go ahead. The other end of that stick is you got Stan on and talked to him, and he was a reasonably intelligent interviewee. And No, yes, he was. Yes, he was. And like I said, I do believe that he is going through something. I don't, I don't think yeah, he's hoaxing it uh, by any means. He did. He seemed Yeah, I know. He definitely did, yeah. Like I said, I don't think the dude is hoaxing anything. I do, I do think there's something happening there, but it was just that video, man. It was so bad. And yeah, I don't mean, and I don't mean bad. I don't mean bad like you know good or anything. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think the word you're looking for was totally unconvincing. Yeah, no, it's just bad. In fact, there should be a new word for this type of stuff. We should combine bad and wrong, make it into one solid word to describe these kind of things. We should call it badong. This article is badong, people. It's it's badong. Yeah, I'll put that in my life. Uh, frustrating. You know, it's frustrating, Rick. You know, being in ufology, like we are, kind of, you know, when we do these shows, to have to read articles like this, they really get you kind of giddy at first and then just let you down completely. Yeah, whoever um, devised the uh, the headline did a really good job. Oh, yeah. They got me interested. Got us interested and enough. And then, yeah. And then yeah. all downhill. Pretty much, yeah. Now, it, it, it could be like Stan, and maybe if she's relaxed during an interview, because, you know, a year ago, Stan was not relaxed during any any interviews. That's true. So, who knows? Now, did you catch what she was talking about when she was talking about uh, her near-death experience, that she eventually went to hell, and uh, I guess... She figured she better do something good with her life or something, and she came back. Yeah, I, I, that's true. I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to that part so. of it. So, by that point, I was somewhat put off. So, yeah, that kind. Of, that's one of the the parts that also made me just scratch my head. I got actually a couple clips. Uh, upload it into the server. Uh, it's actually, you know, almost finished uploading of the actual interview. I don't want to play the whole thing because I don't want to get sued for copyright infringement. Uh, but if you play a couple clips, there shouldn't be any wrong, anything wrong with that. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and play it as soon as they're uploaded on here. But uh, anyway, another uh, news. We had a pretty good week on Skywatchers Radio TV this past week. Thanks to Mr. Oz over here who provided the badass production that he, can, you know, he provides. Uh, thanks to Dennis for helping out with uh, the production also. 
Uh, you guys, man, you've been backing us up the whole time, and until we get our issues technically fixed, uh, you know, you guys have been great. Uh, thanks again for this week, and it was really good shows, man. We had three good shows, I think. Yeah. Uh, only last night did we have some minor technical hiccups. Other than that, it went pretty well. Yep. We yeah, were... for the first time, we we had a 59-minute show uploaded in one, one file. Yep. That was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Incredible. And, of course, last night it got broken into three or four clips, but nevertheless, they were almost contiguous. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know what? It wasn't even uh, our issue. It was actually the live stream. Uh, they kind yeah. of, you know, kicked off a little bit, but uh, it's getting better. Uh, hopefully now when I get my U-verse hooked up here at the house, I'll be able to really start rocking and rolling on, on the show. I mean, supposedly Uverse has a connection that you can actually get HD quality on your connection uh, if you are upstreaming. So that's uh, pretty darn good. Yeah, well, that's good. Of course, it's not usable in live stream, not with the accounts we have. No, it's not. No, no, uh, not at all. But wonderful. at least it's going to be top-notch or as good as possible. Yeah, well... I hope you get a better version of Firefox than I've got, because mine just crapped out again. Um, <laughs> yeah, upgrades, you know. That's what yeah, you call. I feel you, man. You know what I've been using recently? You, you might want to actually check it out, Google Chrome. It's good stuff. I have Chrome. I've had it crash, too. Not as often. Yeah, it's pretty good. I rather uh, like Google Chrome. In fact, I think I'm going to try to get back into the chat room with Chrome just because, just because. Yeah, just because. And uh, upcoming guests, we actually have a couple guests booked, uh, one for this weekend. Laura Ketchlinger, I believe is her name, I'm pronouncing it right. She's going to be on uh, the Jackal's Head on Sunday uh, with myself and my Sunday co-host, Miss Soul Anemia, who's kind of been MIA today. I haven't seen her around Uvu, but uh, she's going to be my co-host on Sunday, and that should be an interesting uh, conversation. Uh, well, we should see if uh, that turns out into a good interview. I haven't really read much about this lady, so I have to kind of brush up this weekend and, and see what she's all about. But Soul said uh, she was cool on the phone, man. Soul's uh, really coming along as a co-host. She called her up, booked her, everything. Yeah, I need some help like that on Oopa Loopa Cafe. Yeah, you might want to give Sola yeah. a call. <laughs> well, I, it's kind of out of her area of interest, but um, if she if she has the time, I may just do that. You know, we should make her part of the uh, Sky Watchers unraveling the secrets Oopa Loopa Cafe spiritual development family and. She could be the one that books our guests. She's really good. I mean, she was uh, fast, thorough, and she got the guests uh, booked immediately, which was, you know, cool. So, very proud of her. She's coming well, along no. rather nicely. She is kind of a de facto. The block she's a de facto in the what and the where now? She's a de facto member of the family. So. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Well, formal, I guess, on the jackal's head, but, yeah. You know, and actually, I was thinking about uh, having to do maybe a little news segment over on Skywatchers Radio. 
I'm gonna pop that question to her later if she, she wants to, you know, do that. Uh, because she's uh, she's informative, man. She'll be actually good for something like that, I think. Yeah, I think she will. She's diligent, um, dedicated, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, etc., 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 etc. Now uh, the chat room is not really a buzzing, but say it again. I said she's fun too. Oh yeah, she's a terrible blast. No, she really is. I don't mean to be sound sarcastic or anything. I know that I kind of came off a little sarcastic here, but no, she's actually she's a lot of fun. Yep. Actually, you know who will be interesting to have on the show as a guest? Her husband, Robert. See what he thinks of all that this stuff? That guy, I'd love to have on the show. Real cool guy, yeah. He's a, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a correctional officer for, for Jill. I'm sure he'll have a couple of nice things to say about this kind of article. <laughs> <laughs> you may know her. Um, yeah, probably. So, Maybe how you you for meth or something? <laughs> ah, the uploads are still uploading. They're pretty long interviews, so it's taking a you know a minute to upload. But as soon as it's done, you know, I should have done an upload at a time. Oh, look at that! As we speak, it just successfully uploaded two clips. Perfect. Now he's got to let it process for a second, and we'll be able to play it. Cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. I hope everybody can follow this conversation. Yeah, about. I kind of left out. I left out the first clip, the first part, because uh, there was a lot of rambling going on there, and uh, didn't really get to anything important. So I, I got the second and third clip, which really the meat of her story is in those two clips anyway. The first stuff is about her dying or some crap. I can't really follow follow along. Um, maybe because I was listening in a rush or whatever. But, uh, yeah, the the second and third clips are really where the meat of the story is. And the rest, you know, her promoting her stuff and other stuff. A lot of other stuff. Uh, disappointed. <laughs> I'm well, so disappointed. The, the whole Project Pegasus thing, which was the core of her um, her tale. Yeah. And I, I've been trying to, kind of trying to follow that along anyway. Um, and I forget the guy's name who claims that he, the, the first quote-unquote whistleblower on Project Pegasus, or I think it's called Project Pegasus. Anyway, Time travel, uh, teleportation, uh, a number of technologies that don't seem very realistic. But well, in all honesty, though, yeah, in all honesty, you know, it may be far fetched now to us, but uh, you know, technology that might be a thousand years in advance would look like magic to us, you know, and it would sound far fetched. So, so who knows? Well, you know, I, I kind of disagree with Arthur C. Clarke on that one. I believe it was Clarke who came up with any sufficiently advanced technology will appear at, to the uninitiated as magic. And for the greater part of the population, that statement would be true. But there are always a few people, for instance, uh, Penn Jillette, who say, eh, I ain't buying it, something's going on there, and I will figure it out. 
And um, I happen to agree with Penn on that one. I don't uh, believe in well, Yeah, I don't believe in magic either. But, you know, they're saying that the technology would look like magic, not that it actually will be magic. Uh, and I agree, with, I agree with that. I think that any technology that's a thousand years from now is not going to look like anything we understand. In fact, if we, go, if we were able to build a time machine and go back, say, 500 years in the past with a DeLorean, for example, and take some high-tech stuff like, oh, I don't know, video cameras, iPods, iPads, cell phones, G1s, whatever you want to take, laptops, and go back 500, 500 years. You open up a laptop in front of anybody, they're going to be like, what the hell, you sorcerer? Yeah. And what you, in medieval is that? Let's hang him or cut his head off. He's a wizard. On the other hand, if you went back with a case of big lighters, <clears throat> you'd be a hero to the masses. This is true. And they wouldn't question the technology because it was something even they could use. This is true. And but you would still you you'd still be seen like a wizard providing magic. No. Magical fire. No, it's not magical. You turn the little wheel and it makes fire. Or but you, in newer models, child-proof models, you've got to do something else. But nevertheless, uh, and, and I use the word child-proof in jest, by the way. <clears throat> but disposable lighters is something you could take back. Uh, and, yes, they are plastic, but in 500 years, even the plastic would disappear, and there would be no trace of them. Not if it was kept in carbonite. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Listen, the uh, the audio clip's uploaded. Let's play this stuff. Let's play the first one here so we can uh, share with the world Miss Laura's story. With some of the I can get into later, but... So I realized that I was going to enter a very, very deep, dark, dark world that to us we could call hell. Um, but really to me it was the underworld womb of the Mother Earth that I thought was being sabotaged and manipulated by these negative technologies, really inhibiting the planet's ability to regenerate and and really inhibiting our ability to awaken to our connection and how the natural flow of knowing how to build and how to co-create and how to live in harmony was just really being tweaked by the, these, these other energies. So I guess to make a long story short, I was needing to sort out the difference and using my body as a means to differentiate the organic path of light with, with the false matrix. And at this stage in my journey, um, being an adult after having two kids, after surviving things that I, I mean, it's a miracle that I survived. Um, I am really trying to help this planet and anybody who's listening uh, really notice the difference and, and, and really not feed those forces anymore and really, really, illuminate the divine spark within themselves to not feel separate and to feel absolutely empowered as having God within and um, just access to dimensions that are a part of who we are that will assist us in lifting the veils off of this planet to connect us back to universal society. So these, these technologies are it's excruciatingly painful to see what it's done to my loved ones. It's, it's incredibly painful to see what it's doing to the planet. Um, Controls the weather, controls people's minds, people are chipped at young ages, uh, the Illuminati and the forces of, uh, I guess you'd call the global elite, even though there's some people that aren't even aware that they're agents, um, have been abusive and absolutely inhumane to the consciousness of so many people. And 
inhibiting that creative force is really um, created a disabled planet that energetically is functioning at a very small degree to what it's absolutely capable of. So each individual is really responsible for breaking free, but there's elements of it that, you know, there's some serious victims out there that need help, and I'm really here to expose who I believe is behind this, um, the agendas to start an off-planet civilization, to allow the Earth to somewhat self-destruct so that the new civilization is created out of control of what could not be controlled here. So, you know, there's all these different timelines, and I, I feel like I've almost confronted every one of them. Um, and the, the one that was the loudest and the most um, real to me was uh, happened in about 2006 when I met an agent who I didn't know was an agent. And that was in the recruitment to Mars and trying to um, get me to join uh, the mission started to take place. And uh, through dreams and my intuition and just what I described as a child and, and what I understood were all the things that alerted me to this not being good, plus being an observer of how my partner was acting and all of that. I mean, it was kind of undeniable that um, something was wrong from the very beginning, just when the mention of Mars came up. It was like there was no sort of – I knew that I had genetics of a leader um, more as somebody who speaks on behalf of the people, not somebody who is here to take charge, but more, you know, just facilitate great change and, and inspire. And um, and I knew something was wrong when I wasn't really being listened to, and it was just – it felt very controlled. And, and so when my partner was bringing this up um, – I just fought against it. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. But when I met him, he posed as just a normal person, and we connected and, you know, fell in love. And uh, later on down the road, that's when I started to realize that he was sent to find me, and the reason he was sent to find me was to lure me into this recruitment. And um, and they were very sneaky the way they did it, but luckily I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty clairvoyant and uh, very, 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 very sensitive. Any frequency that isn't organic or natural or just a part of just, you know, our true essence, I, I, it's like I'm allergic to it. It's like it, it freaks me out. It makes me angry, and, and it's just like it, it, it's not even a conscious thought to fight against it. It, it like erupts out of me. I won't have anything to do with it. And, um, and so I was taking on a lot of battles. Even my ex uh, had alien possession things happening and frequencies that just really disturbed me. And uh, so the amount of force. I've had to use to counteract all this, you know, from teenage years has really done a number on me. But, um, you know, we're at this phase now that I was able to break free of that timeline and that agenda to Mars. And um, my friend was with me all the way through and can attest to it. And uh, and it's pretty intense. Right. now, There's, I, I could uh, keep on going, but I'll wait till you ask a question. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, just Just to back up a bit. Um, some of the some of the revelations that you've made or that you are making uh, which are really grounded in revelations that whistleblowers like Andrew Bashaga who's been on Exopolitics Radio and who's talked about uh, surveillance uh, using time travel devices like chronovisors or actual time travel where people are surveyed for political purposes by going ahead in time and uh, that that the person who was your handler sort of in this Mars 
project, and we'll get to the Mars project in in a bit, revealed to you that you had actually been pre-identified, uh, perhaps even by using this time travel, uh, these time yep. travel uh, devices. And I wonder if you could talk about that. Yes. Well, um, kind of when things started to reach ahead and it kind of came to the point where the truth versus, you know, this, this mission and this recruitment and what was behind why I was a person of interest um, started to really just show itself. There was a point where between the different controls that were taking place, because he would drop everything and go on missions. He would get phone calls, and they would just say something to him, and he would drop everything and just go. And um, every once in a while I could talk to his true nature, and most of the time I was talking to the person that was wanting to do this mission. And one day he just, I guess he was in, in a grounded state and wasn't really being affected. He ripped off all the cell phone batteries and unplugged everything because he thought he was bugged or said we were bugged and wanted to let me in on, you know, what, what this was all about and why I was a person of interest. And um, the first thing is the, the person that he was the right-hand man of that was really heading this um, is uh, known for remote viewing. And when I did research on him, I, I located the fact that he is, you know, associated with a lot of negative technologies, including HARP and ELF. But besides that, um, what they understood about me was something that one would only understand if they were able to time travel. So there were things about, you know, jump rooms and project, the looking glass thing and cubes. I mean, it, things I couldn't really sort out because I was in survival on a heart level. And even though I did research and I have a lot of it written down, it's, it's almost hard to put into words, but there was something with the Akashic Records and remote viewing and time travel that um, was able to somehow stay one step ahead of the process of nature unfolding as it should have. And when I clued into this, it helped me kind of get one step ahead of them because I wasn't really going to let myself fall in love and, oh, be blinded and go off to Mars and this and that. I mean, I was really on to all of this, so I kind of had to jump myself a little bit even further ahead and do a little bit of my own sort of going back into time without using technology, but just... Um, so, you know, I started to understand just what I needed to understand, and they were targeting me, I guess, because I'm able to create this shift, and they targeted him because he was somebody that I could really do this with on Earth, and they recruited him out of uh, the Knights Templar Freemasonry group that he was somewhat affiliated with, and before he met me, um, they had just kind of set him up to meet me, and we probably would have met anyway, but when he did meet me, it was under their control, and he wanted me to go to Mars, and it was funny because he had names that he identified with himself growing up, Osiris, Oberon, and um, Orion, and uh, was talking to me about Sophia Magdalene and how that was a part of what these groups understood. And um, so there's a level of awareness about what could be happening um, without their influence that they just wanted to get in the way of. And they've used all sorts of means, and this is something that's been happening for lifetimes, and this is where Eisenhower kind of comes in, because even, you know, during the time of Hitler and, you know, these, these type of wars, and uh, it's, 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 there's one scenario after another that's trying to defeat and win over a high vibration of human compassion, justice, fairness, 
and the sense of having a global family. And so to me, you know, it was just why am I taking this on? A lot of it has to do with the Eisenhower bloodline, but in further investigation through, I, you know, these, these time travel or and remote viewing um, things, they, they, uh, there's a lot more to it that I was already aware of before they met me. So all the pieces came together. And I'm not sure if I answered this well enough, but that's, you no, know. No, no, sure, it, it is. And, and it, yeah, yeah. Uh, just just to crystallize it for our audience to to give an idea, you write, my great-grandfather, President Ike, who was also the army general who led the Allied forces to victory over Hitler, battled evil, corrupt powers on Earth and took on some of the most challenging... And uh, let's go ahead and play that. Scenarios in history. As I grew up, I could sense that I was completing this battle. When Hitler died, the entities, including those that were ET extraterrestrial, did not. And they continued to find hosts and create agreements with people who were part a part of the races of the patriarchs, who want to run things through fear tactics, and the suppression of Sophia, or the essence of the divine feminine, so that what you're saying really is that you, through these technologies, uh, a secret Mars project, who uh, we are coming to learn even included the um, the uh, remote viewing and esoteric scientist Dr. Hal Putoff, formerly of the Stanford Research Institute had pre-identified you not only as as from the Eisenhower bloodline, but also as bringing forth this fourth force of the divine feminine, and so had targeted you for a the secret Mars colony uh, uh, to to be uh, developed and fostered. Uh, uh, as a planned or natural cataclysm took place on Earth. Is that kind of a capsule summary? Very well thought, yes. And I guess what was behind it was the, the idea of reseeding a new civilization, using a force that could be given to the Earth um, and taking control of the creative energy that's really meant to be here. Because Sophia and this energy that I, I, I carry or am coded with is really morphed into the physical planet. And it would take a lot of reading um, for those who aren't familiar with this to really understand what I mean. But, and that's sort of what these technologies are, when I was describing these technologies, sort of taking over the life force of the planet and replacing it with manipulation and stunting its ability to really be leading us into this shift towards enlightenment and multidimensional awareness and really having the, the cosmic adventure that isn't controlled, but it's all about our freedom and our divinity. Um, and and uh, so <clears throat> that's sort of part of um, the idea of cataclysms is that if these technologies are running the show and they pull the personification of the planetary forces off the planet, they can use that and the partner Osiris to replant a new civilization on Mars. 
And so, really, it's like I'm in an energetic war against technology, and um, and in, in a power struggle, in a sense, without myself being competitive, I'm, I'm more trying to unify um, with, with the patriarchal energies. I'm not here to make the woman win. I'm here to create union and sacred union. I'm here to merge with the divine male, and, and there's so many of them on this planet, and, you know, they're being just as robbed. So, um, so it's kind of like a supplemental force that's and, and if, if one reads about it in the ancient sense they were able to mimic the kundalini of the mother goddess energy and create technologies out of it so it's so close to her power that it can almost duplicate and and run the show instead of her but it does not have our best interest in mind and it's you know and that's why you know i grew up as a child feeling buried alive and i was really busting through all of this um just realizing that spirit and, and love are way stronger than these forces and these technologies and that that was going to um, claim victory in the end. And just connecting us and just speaking about it was, you know, which is what I'm doing now is, is, is another huge thing. And, and I know we can break free of this. I have all the confidence in the world. So I'm not speaking from fear or doom. I mean, we've, I, we've come so far and the, the next leg of it is just really understanding the truth and, and um, having this all revealed because, it's going to be empowering, and, and those things are crumbling as we speak. Uh, the negative timeline, actually, somebody pointed out, was destroyed after I broke free of the Mars mission. And really the, the last phase of it is, is most people are accustomed to those mind control energies and manipulations that it's really about sort of deactivation now and empowerment. And um, But they haven't won. Um, they, they'll convince us that there's something to be fearful of, and, you know, they might have another plan in the, in the making, but with, with all this being revealed... I find it quite impossible. And I actually had a dream that I um, was being attacked by robots and I was handed a whistle. And when I played the whistle, all, all the robots self-destructed and exploded. So oh, I, I so feel very, very yeah. comfortable in this position right now. And um, and so, yeah, sure, um, sure. something has been trying to control this and destroy the divine feminine energies, not to death, but to break it to the point where they have absolute control over it. And what this planet is doing right now, manifesting as far as these natural disasters, is not part of the Gaia unconditional love of, of, you know, it's like when the divine feminine energies are being repressed, how is it available to fill this world with the transformational love and wisdom that it's made of? It's being blocked. It's being, you know, I've had a lot of readings and sound technologies used to help me understand my energetic nature. I've had, you know, countless psychic validations, which uh, weren't as potent to me as the sound technologies um, and I could I could see it also clearly. So um, oh, it, it yeah, needs to be anchored, and psychic. and in doing that, you know, everything's gonna the fall into place, and, right. and and we can really experience, you know, what our birthright is. Right now, what, what what's surrounding us is not not what we should be interpreting as the natural law or or anything that Gaia has in mind, or or goddess, or or our deepest nature, which is filled with the blueprint of, of the divine sparks, I mean, we're equals and we're one. And most of us know this. A lot of us okay. know this in these fields at this point. So we just have to get loud about it. If enough of us know, it'll flood those who don't. It'll it'll just create a shift that, you know, it'll, not everybody has to understand it, but enough of us need to come together and and really raise the vibration. And that's all that's needed. Well, And I have all the confidence. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, and, and just, just picking up on 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 one thought that that you threw out, 
which which was your dream with the whistles and the and the robots, which is very interesting. Um, oh boy. We've been tracking the web dreams and robots, right? And um, yeah, I had a dream uh, about chickens. By Cliff High, and one thread of the development, uh, uh, which which we published um, a while back, was that the webbots found um, evil uh, at it again. A whistleblower. Now he's messing with the chickens. Preceded you, um, Andrew Bishago. Evil chickens are messing with the webbots, and now he's fighting back. To be the first of many Rick is angry, and the evil chickens are going to get it and get it good. That would almost uh, have a transformational effect. Can we cut this one off? And, uh, yeah, this, this guy's like killing uh, me, so I'm kind of talking over him. Uh, I think she has a little bit more to say, though. Uh, so we can keep talking over him until, you know, she comes back on. Uh, that would be great. Yeah, because, uh, man, he's boring. Where is this guy? I know you know who this guy is. I, all of the I have information no around Project Pegasus and time travel and teleportation to bases on Mars. And this and this was followed what? by he's, another. He's but noodles. Another whistleblower, uh, Dr. Da- David Anderson. He sounds but noodles. Who's now come forth with the work that he had done initially in the U.S. Air Force. Come on, shut up already. Let her talk again. And then, uh, that she's, you know, fun to listen to a little his, bit. In his private work kinda. with regard to time kinda. control. Sort of, kind of. Time travel. And, and it seems to me that, really that, that you are very much in that, in that lineage of whistleblowers who are now coming forth in the 2010, 2011, 2012 timeline. Uh, positive timeline uh, to bring to public light uh, uh, suppression. In your case, it's not only the suppression of technologies and the validation that we've been having secret uh, Mars in uh, uh, secret Mars colonies and and the use of, of this chronovisor and time travel technology to I wonder the use of the lower They manipulate and control people. But actually, what you're coffee saying coffee. is that the. Oh, man, I'm not a coffee drinker, but I'm going to be right that, there with you. Um, has actually been suppressing fundamental forces of nature like the divine feminine. Well, you shut up, guy. Come on. That's, that's yep. a crazy lady talk. Yep. And, and it, it, all, it, 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 it all connects. And, and what's interesting is uh, with the life on Mars thing. Um, to, to be sort of a person to be taken to assist in creating even more life and even more of, you know, kind of establishing a new creation and a new planet, uh, it, it is so interesting to break free of that because there was a lot of, of threats put on me and a lot of, um, you know, manipulation to just target the people that I was going to fall in love with and to have those be the people that were always you know, either agents or really possessed by lower alien energies that um, were really out to destroy me. So because they couldn't get to me directly and I really just have a boundary, I just, I I repel it. I don't care if I have to scream. I don't care what I have to do. But I won't let those frequencies into my being. But they always 
um, seemed to happen with uh, my partners. And so I would open my heart, and, and they would let the initial phase of falling in love happen, and then boom, boom. It was just like my heart. It was just like I was blasted on a heart level. And um, it really threw me down, and I would pick myself back. Vroom, vroom, poppy, tata. Yeah. Yeah, I could keep going, but, oh, man, that was painful. But I could be one of her partners. Uh, I'd like to. I mean, she's a looker. Reminds, kind of reminds me of um, an old movie, old Jack Nicholson movie. One Flew Over the Cushion. Shining. Oh, yeah. Dennis, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing all right. Yeah, I just listened to it. Uh, you know, it, it kind of put me back to the uh, hippie days, you know, the, the, these little girls that ran around with flowers handed about. And, and uh, of course, she's got all yeah. the modern catchphrases and uh, all the modern uh, words, you know, uh, for instance, robots. Well, I just saw two movies tonight having to do with that subject, so... Yeah, so she's out there, but you know, you you've got to look at you, you know you, you've got to you, you've got to remember one thing. There's a lot of different uh, buying games going on, a lot of different using of people whose name would catch your catch your attention to put out information as disinformation or misinformation yeah. and to tangle everything up. You know, so what has to be done is you have to take what she's saying and listen to it piece by piece and pick out what she knows and what she's been told to know. And uh, I kind of did that, and I, I think uh, the the only thing she might know really is her first and last name. Everything else? <laughs> well, you know what? Out the window. I'm a little, you know what? If I was going to uh, research this case, the first place I would start is whether her first and last name are really her first and last name. <laughs> yes. You know, and if she so. gets that wrong, then, oh, my God, we have a patient for a lobotomy. Can we get a doctor in the house? <laughs> but she really does remind me of Rick, Rick Tapper to say something about Jack Nicholson movie. Well, she reminds me of, the, of another Jack Nicholson movie. That's the girls that were in the commune in the Easy Rider. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, kind of flighty and have all these ideas, but they're all kind of mixed up. Uh, only this this interview, this person had a uh, had the modern modern, uh, you know, talking about modern things, time travel, and, and these type of things that we talk about today. So it, it, there's definitely a story behind her story. I probably would not have used the adverbial phrase kind of in front of flighty. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to be nice. You know, you can't, you know, none of us know everything and everybody knows a little of something, you know. Uh, if you remember, it, uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Some of those people in there were smarter than the keepers. <laughs> I think uh, I think I think I think Laura here actually flew over the one that flew over the cuckoo's nest. She <laughs> up there. I don't know. She might have. She might have went under. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, the clip that he did not play was the one that nobody can follow. I had a hard time following that other one, even though you could follow it, but it went, you know, whatever time it was on, we touched on a thousand subjects, you know, so. (laughs) Yeah, did you notice how she kept skipping from, uh, from, Time travel to the Mars colony, uh, to right. their dreams, and, and, to, you know, almost and, dying. And, I mean, and even religion. If, yeah. And even religion, yeah. If this, is, if this is all true. This lady has lived the most remarkable life before the age of 30 in the history of the planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the I mean, in the history of, in the history of everness, in the history of ever on this planet. Well, you know. You know, you never know yeah. what somebody like an ex-president's uh, great-granddaughter, what kind of life she really lived, you know. You you can't even dream, you know. Uh, you know, that was kind of the most disappointing part of the whole thing, that she is an ex-president's great-granddaughter, supposedly. You know, let's get, you know, give her, let's take her out her word that she's his great-granddaughter. Right, right. Uh, you know, I kind of thought that maybe the art, because I didn't really read the article completely yesterday until I got home today. And then I did a little bit more homework, and I found out her phone number, her website, um, found out um, the uh, the link to the YouTube video that had those clips. Uh, so I kind of heard that stuff tonight as I got home. Yesterday I kind of breathed through it, and I kind of had in my mind that maybe Eisenhower, the ex-president, told her something or told her well, mom something or something like you, that and passed you down know, the information the, to her. The thing that holds, the thing that, uh, enters my mind as soon as you hear the name Eisenhower, of course, is the meeting that he supposedly had with the aliens. Right. Uh, that's out why, in California. That's, that's, that's why that ran, that's exactly why that ran across my mind. I was like, well, you know, what if, maybe, just, uh, maybe, you know, Eisenhower told his kids and his kids told their kids and now but she see, knows and, but see, and but, he's but trying see, to talk. It, but see, but see, if she has got a handler, if she is being used to put out disinformation or to disguise real information as disinformation, what what better place to start than with the grain of truth that he really met with aliens? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? However, you know. as I pointed out to Jackal last night, Roswell and the radar flap radar and visual flap over D.C. in 52. Neither one of those happened on Eisenhower's watch. He did not become president until January of 53. So that was all That's on his watch. That's true, but, so, but, the, but, but, the, but the supposedly meeting happened on his watch. Well, the, there are both versions. Both versions are out there on the Internet. Well, yeah, he, one of them says it was before and one of them says after, but I think the, the one that has the most uh, validity is the is the one that has the story where uh, they put out the story that he was going to the, the dentist on that day. Uh, yeah, and that that, the, that puts him at Andrews. Uh, yeah. So that's the but, one I that's the one that I uh, I accept as most probable. Okay, most plausible. I'll put it yes, that way. Exactly, 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 exactly. 
So at any rate, at any rate, the rumor is out there that at one time or another Eisenhower met with aliens. And if she knows that as a grain of truth, then she could have been programmed to make her appear as she appears now. So those of us that are talking about her, or, start, or about her story, I mean to say, not her, but those of us that are talking about her story are starting at the point that she's nutty as a fruitcake. Yeah. You know, I could I could take you know you're you're right, Dennis, but I I could take uh, the craziness of his story, you know, all the little it's and bits and parts of it, even the dream part or the going to hell part, all that stuff. I could take all that and I could use this my suspense of disbelief, like when I watch Superman or a superhero movie, I suspend my disbelief and I just I'll accept it. What really gets me and kind of aggravates me about listening to her speak is how she put herself forward in this messiah kind of figure and really like she seems like she's really full of herself if you're coming forward with some kind of uh you know shocking breaking news like this uh you should try to be a little bit more humble she exactly she's not a humble born in this woman's body she's very exactly. full of herself she's talking about herself like oh i'm gonna lead the world into uh, the next you know the next uh evolutionary step or whatever and you know she's just out there like she's a messiah and yeah, I don't even exactly. think Jesus will talk about that. Yeah, that 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 right there is the side of a you know to be a fanatic that's trying to build a cult, a David yeah, Koresh, if you will, you know. Exactly, so, and that's, and then she was you, talking you, about you, that you friend of her. Yeah. What's that? No, yeah, no, I said that, that in the chat room, and you and you hit. You said in the chat room, and you nailed it right in the head. The, the whole cult yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what she sounds like. It sounds like she's trying to build a cult. Uh, you know, uh, for instance, you know, you know, the book I'm fixing to start on is about Raymond Bernard, who also uh, built a cult, but at the same time, uh, he wasn't. You know, he wasn't. He he wasn't out front and said he was the he was the Messiah. You know, he 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 came at it from a different approach. Those ones that come out as though they're the Messiah or the leader, the one that's going to do it, mm-hmm. you know, you, you end up with something like Jim Jones or, or you know, the bunch that uh, saw the whole check coming committed suicide. The so. escape movement, and you know, yeah, and you know what's funny about that? You also get a person like Jose Luis Miranda, uh, the Jesus, who's uh, from from Puerto Rico, who claims to be the new Jesus. Yeah. Or right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, yeah. You know, clear, clear back the Father Divide in Chicago and all that stuff. Yeah. So. Bunch of crazy. Don't you, world, what do you think, Rick? You, you haven't said anything. You hung in the background. Do you think we're on the right track here? I think I'm going to keep drinking coffee and steer away from the Kool Aid. <laughs> <laughs> Smartest thing I've heard from you all night. <laughs> Uh, well, it is an interesting story. I think, she, I, I think she's been drinking that Kool-Aid. <laughs> no, I, I tell you what I think. I think somebody's been slipping a whole bunch of water. <laughs> that goes right back to my uh, Easy Rider. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe maybe, maybe nice she uh, did some peyote. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But something. I don't you know, know if peyote usually goes. Peyote is supposed to show the truth. Yeah, a lot of that stuff be hard to stretch, you know. 
yeah. Be hard yeah. to interpret. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, My God. Anyway, I, I, it's really a strange find. I think you guys were calling me and let me know you were going to talk about it because at first I wasn't too enthused. And once you started talking about her, then I heard her. I, I, you know, I had to put my two cents worth in also. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm glad you called it. And, and you know, I think we're all in agreement here that uh, she she sounds nuttier than a fruit bag. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But still, if you could get her on the show, that would really be neat. I'd call her and ask questions. Yeah, I might, I might delete this episode after tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to talk about the good and here. the bad. You got to talk about the good and the bad, and in some cases, even the ugly. <laughs> this would be the ugly. <laughs> <laughs> You said it at your show. I didn't say it. <laughs> it no, no, it's our show. We're all Skywatchers family here, so well, I it's see. All our I, shows. See. I see. But okay. uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, you blink man. around. You know, I, <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna pass the blink to everybody, starting with Dennis Crenshaw called in. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. We need to blame it on Carmen Miranda's hat because that's who this gal reminds me of. <laughs> now you know we, we are having a lot of laughs at this uh, lady's expense but wouldn't it be kind of ironic if we find out that everything she says is true oh well i don't oh, believe i hold on i haven't said i totally just not you know i know i'm, I'm still on the fence you know it's it's like she's the perfect avenue the the perfect exactly. venue Thank you. Yeah, to spout a bunch of disinformation. But well, real information hidden as disinformation. Or that's why that's why say. I say that's why I say before you decide you need to really uh really uh dissect her her whole interview and, and, and listen to it piece by piece. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do that. Uh, I'm gonna have to do that and uh, really I, I mean, if you're gonna, yeah, if you're, if you're gonna, conversation with her. you know, if you really want to get into it, that's what you have to do. You're gonna to have to take that, uh, that whole interview, however long it is, and just listen to it piece by piece. And she changes subject so many times, it's gonna take a while, but then you just listen to one little piece and go through something. Yeah, I'm serious. She's, uh, she must be suffering from ADD. <laughs> yeah. Like well, yeah, and, 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 you know, and, and even to looking at her background, you know, we don't know nothing about her background. What she been doing all these years, you know, you know. She's Admiral Byrd's grandson in disguise. Oh my God, is it Harley Byrd? Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> Damn, hey, I should have said that. You guys have a show yeah, we, here on BTR and on PTN. Uh, tell the crowd a little bit about that so they can be there tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, okay. Rick, Rick Rick actually knows, has known our guest uh, for a while or whatever, so let him give you the details. Go ahead, Rick. Absolutely. Uh, our guest on Unraveling the Secrets tomorrow night, about a, mm, 24 hours from now, is a Mr. Brian Kennard. And Brian has been a blogger on Blogspot for years, 
and the title of his blog is Grail Seekers, and it's all about um, Freemasonry, the Knights Templar, and whether the Holy Grail was real, whether they got it in Jerusalem, all that stuff. But as a new vocation, <clears throat> he has written a book entitled Skullduggery, 45 True Tales of Disturbing the Dead. So that's what we're going to discuss. And it's actually, <clears throat> believe it or not, given that title, believe it or not, some of it pertains to Valentine's Day. Isn't that weird? That's great. It's great. going to be a great show. Uh, uh, I have, I'm also going to ask him a couple of questions that, I, that I'm curious about Freemasonry or about a couple of people in Freemasonry. I'm sure he'll go along with that. Yeah, he's he's pretty open to that. I've interviewed him a couple of times on the Oopaloopa Cafe, and he's called in for other shows that generally dealt with Freemasonry and the Templars. Uh, oh, great. In fact, he did it for me one time. Um, on the 700th anniversary of the arrest of the Knights Templar, he called into the show for an hour from Paris. Wow. The site of wow. Where they were burned at the stake some right, six years right, later. right, right. Yeah, wow, that's great. And he had he had visited the site um, and all that stuff, and uh -huh. encountered one person, exactly one person, who left a wreath at the site, but didn't get to Did, talk to him. No, he didn't. That's a shame. <laughs> I'd love to get an interview with that person. That's kind of what I thought, but he said he was walking away as Brian was walking up, so it didn't work uh, out. Okay, okay. And so he uh, spoke French, right? And uh, what are you doing uh, on, on Skywatchers next week? Oh man, hey. actually, we got a, a pretty busy week next week. We have Sawyer, who is actually a witness of T and Doe. I don't know if you're familiar with his story, but he's. Uh, Gentleman who's he talks about UFOs and he actually talks about Heaven's Gate quite a bit, and he's going to be joining uh. us over on Skywatchers on Tuesday, and he's going to talk a little bit about uh, spiritual world, Heaven's Gate, UFOs, space aliens, Luciferians, and a bunch of other great stuff. Uh, really interesting dude. He has a show actually on Block Talk Radio. It's kind of how I met him, and uh, uh. he's really fascinating. He, he's a really really cool guy. You guys, in fact. He will really fit unraveling the secrets really well. If you guys want to have him as a guest, he'll be the type of person that I think you guys would really get a kick out of talking to. Yeah, we'll Is he going to be on camera with you? Say it again. Will he be on camera with you or his phone interview? We're gonna. Well, it's gonna be on Skywatchers uh, Radio TV over on People's TV Network. So we're gonna try to get him on, on video on Ubu. Okay. Easy. Let's see if, uh, if that works out though. Yeah, that's going to be great once we get more and more of that stuff going over there. Uh, yeah, man. But, uh, yeah, so you guys, uh, join Rick and I on Saturday night at midnight Eastern time for Unraveling the Secrets on blog, here on Blog Talk Radio or flip over to peoplestvnetwork.com and we'll be on Channel there 1 at the same time simulcasting. So, Y'all come over and check us out over there or stay right here because uh, we're going to be on both Saturday night. The, the, the jack will take over through the week. So 
You guys got somewhere to go next week instead of uh, TV land. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got web TV land to go to the next week. Yeah, yeah, web TV land, web TV land. And you guys, uh, you know, you can start watching your TV on here, too, at, at your own time. You know, go to places like AOL dot, I mean, AOLTV.com and, and uh, what's some of them other ones where they could get movies and, and the old, uh, you could watch the old, the old, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Hulu.com. Actually, I spend many nights on Hulu.com, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. So people, you know, they get away from the television. If you like Criminal Minds, uh, my girlfriend likes Criminal Minds. She told me it just, uh, it's over here. So anything you like, yeah. you can find it on the net and watch it your convenience and stop it when you want to or whatever. Almost. So. Almost anything. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, almost. They, they don't. Some of them haven't wised up to giving it away. Uh, you know, I mean, they stick on commercials. One thing that's really nice, and I've noticed, the ones that do put on commercials, they're far shorter. They're only like thirty yeah. seconds. You know, they don't have fifteen minutes of commercials. So, you guys start checking out TV, and especially over at the People's TV Network dot com where we both have our shows, there are also uh, other shows, especially uh, yes. paranormal, because it all started with paranormal people. So go over there and check mm -hmm. that out. Also. You know, get people. And uh, I'm coming here on uh, on uh, Block Talk Radio on the Jackal's Head. I have uh, Laura Ketchledge. I got her name now. Uh, she's going to be on the show on Sunday with my co-host, like I said, Solanamia. She's actually the author of the Near-Death Connection Throwaway Horses, The Last House on Covington Lane and the Reincarnation of Tess Hamilton. And in her book, she includes her real-life experiences of the paranormal. She's a natural psychic and in tune with the metaphysical and is willing to share her encounters with ghosts, disembodied human spirits, don't laugh, and her own near-death experience, don't laugh, Rick. She is a writer of the UFO Digest and is also going to take us inside her story, don't laugh, of her own official recognized hunted home, which was recently investigated by the Kentucky Spirit Seekers, don't laugh, in August 2009, and the World Paranormal Investigators, September 2009. Okay, now you can laugh. She's going to be on the show wow. Sunday. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Tell it. There you go. I don't question it. I, I don't question the reality of some of this stuff. Uh, well, okay, most of this stuff. <laughs> some of this stuff. I was about to say. But, most of this stuff. Uh, but I won't question it until I hear her version. You know? Yeah. If, right. I want to hear right. her before I come to a conclusion. I don't go into anything with a preconceived notion. You can't. It's just you like can't. I got really excited about Ike's great granddaughter right up until I heard her speak. Same here. <laughs> wow. And see, I and see, I was see, I was a total skeptic from the get go with her, but uh, you know, a little bit of possibility creeped in for me. And you know what's even funnier? Both of these ladies have the name Laura in common. Hmm. hmm. Got a picture of your guest? <laughs> yeah, actually, I do, believe it or not. I'm going to drop the link to that show coming up on Sunday here in the chat room. Uh, right about now. 
drop. Cool. You guys, click on that. Save it. Her picture's in there. She, she's a good-looking lady, too. There's something about pretty Laura's, I guess. I, guess. Uh, I don't know. Laura's make pretty women. Pretty woman. Listen, we've got 11 minutes left on the show. If anybody wants to get a call and call in and, and throw in their two cents of what they heard tonight here, give us a call, 646-652-2856. I'm joined here with Rick Oz, the Ozman, and Mr. Dennis Crenshaw of Unraveling the Secrets which airs here on BTR and over on PTN, People's TV Network.com, channel. What channel? Right. One? Yeah, man. And it's That's at it. what time that? Midnight hey, I, I, on Saturdays. Yeah. Kind of change your direction a little bit. But, uh, you know, I... I I heard of the of the news tonight that uh, there was snow in all in 49 of the 50 states. The one that doesn't have snow is Hawaii, because there's no snow in up in the mountains right now. Well, that nah, but that's not a state. That's just a you know that's just a <clears throat> never mind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we don't even have it here in Jacksonville. But I think they got it over in the Panhandle. But at any rate, all I was going to make was one point that. You guys don't give up on Obama yet. He has cured, he has cured <laughs> climate heating up in one year. One year. Yep. Yeah. He went into office. We had we had horrible. Oh, we were all going to burn up to death, and and, and and Al Gore was running around the world about uh, climate warming up and all of that. And now we've got snow in every state that you did. So thank you, Obama. God bless Obama. <laughs> and it's only after we've lost everything that we're free to do anything. <laughs> yeah. And I think we we're about to lose everything. <laughs> Global warming. Oh, man. <laughs> Global warming. There you go. Hey, do you think uh, Al Gore should give back his uh, Oscar yet or what? No <laughs> way, man. That's the only thing he ever got in his life without his daddy helping him. Well, well I, I, take that back. <laughs> I take that back. It's a bit harsh there, Dennis. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about Al Gore. Hey, I call, him, I call him as I see him, man. You know? However, they come off the deck. If you drive through East Tennessee, you're on the Al Gore Highway, but it's Al Gore Senior. Yeah, I know. Is it? Is it a Hershey Highway? <laughs> no, because he looks like he's been fudge packing. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you I heard Al Gore talking. He, he talks with a lisp. Al Gore. He's like the people. You know, there's a lisp when he talks. Only <laughs> that's because he knows on YouTube there's, I mean on YouTube there's a little bitty delay, so he's trained himself to talk with that delay on his lips. Oh man, I'll go. <laughs> that's another show altogether, though. That's a different show altogether. We don't got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bland. <laughs> Jesus, what a, oh man! I'm kind of you know what I'm, I'm happy that they rigged that election and he didn't win, 
Because I cannot imagine four years of Al Gore's boring ass presidential. Oh, boy. I mean, yeah. at least Bush was funny because he was so stupid that he did dumb stuff and it was all over the media. Like when he said that human beings and fish should coexist and live together as a yeah. sober entity. Yeah. My yeah. God, what a moron we had as a president for eight years. But see, yeah. at least he was funny. <laughs> we got to laugh for eight years. Yeah. At his stupidity. Obama, he, and Obama, he's too yeah. damn serious. He thinks he's got it under control. He ain't got shit. <laughs> no, see, Obama's Obama's the best bullshitter I've ever seen in my life. The guy has no, no idea what uh, the fuck is going on. Second, but he'll talk to you and he'll sell you. He'll sell you on the fact that the world is going to be just fine. And he, yeah. he'll look in that camera. And he's like, "We're going to correct the ship. We're going to do <laughs> that's right. We're going to make yeah. the bankers pay." Yeah. Back the money that they took and went on vacation. Because this is all George Bush's fault. The last eight years was all his fault. Every problem that I have to fix now is George Bush's fault. I like how they hammered George Bush, which is true. It is all George Bush's fault, but it's not only all his fault. Let's go back a little further. Bill Clinton's fault. Yeah, right. Let's go further. Let's go further. Yeah, all right. All the way back. Let's go all the way back to Eisenhower's fault. How about it's this? Let's, uh, let's start throwing people in Congress under the bus. The system is at fault. That's right. And that's right. why there was a new poll out just today. In fact, I, I bet I could find it real quick. Um, there was a new poll out just today that 70-some-odd percent of the U.S. voters think that Everybody in Congress needs to be replaced. But they, everybody, they, yeah. But you know how they really think? Yeah, but you know how they really think? Everybody should be replaced except for their congressmen. And so, with that way going, they'll always be the same bunch. And the reason they think that is, I was watching a TV special the other night about a bomber. I forget which one. What Rick would know, but it's the biggest bomber we got that isn't really needed, but what they've done is there's 47 states making some part of that marble, and California put it together. So therefore, when they start saying, when they start saying, we don't need that bomber, those senators go over to their state and say, hey, tell their people, if they quit making that bomber, then we are going to be out of so many jobs. And there's so many things like that spread around the country that that's why they can say that we all say our Congress sucks, but it'll stay the same. Yeah, then there's that. Guys, do you want me to extend a little bit, or uh, are we get to close? I don't know. What do you think? Do I get to talk dirty politics here? You can say whatever you want, man. This is open-air radio. In fact, I... Uh, you you okay. want to extend a little bit for the full two hours? Sure. All right. Just to start off the full two hours, then, I should say this. I think I agree with that assessment there of Dennis, so they should replace everybody in Congress. In fact, I'll take it a step forward. I say that this country should give all power over to Oprah and just let Oprah run the country. Mm, okay. Ne- never have uh, a woman uh, by, by, by vote and as by many billions. 
My vote, my vote goes to Kid Huddall. That'll be, he could be a good vice president, I think. There you go. That, that'd be a, that'd be a ticket worth, you know, voting for. Oprah and Ken. <laughs> <laughs> he would one get out bullshit the other one. <laughs> Rick, Rick missed that the other day in the chat room. I know, I don't think he saw that, but, uh, uh, I told Kid said that, that uh, well, he I know he missed it because he wasn't even there. But in the chat room, Kid said that Rick said that I had so much money I didn't know what to do with it. And I wrote back to Kid. I said, Yeah, but we all know, unlike us, Rick bullshits. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just I'm broke. I'm, I'm, I'm broke. Hey, we know I'm you're so broke. You're on a Friday night. Oh, oh, this. Yeah, uh, I'm, look, I'm oh, so broke. I'm afraid at midnight, and you are a, a Cuban. <laughs> yes, I, I am a Cuban, exactly. If you had anybody, you'd be a that you're talking to here. <laughs> this Cuban you're talking to here, Dennis, is so broke that if some fool came to rob oh, me, he'll just be practicing. He'll just be practice. That's all he'll be doing. There's only reason to rob me. I'm broke. <laughs> well, I guess it could be good practice, but yeah, doubtful even at that. Ah, oh, what a night! What a great night! Yeah, great, you, you, great, you, 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 uh, disappointing night. Damn it! <laughs> you, you, you wonder how you make it through these broke times because when you flush, you, you know, if you just. Acting like you're broke, you could save that money. <laughs> yeah, but, but you, you know, it ends up going but in the lungs and up the nose, man. But what happens is it's so, the, you, when you get a chunk of money, they're so far in between that you don't know how to handle it, so you just spend till it's gone. <laughs> well, you want to hear some odd news? To, yeah, to fans odd? of gaming, gaming machines, <laughs> this was a big uh, yeah. At auction, at auction, a Nintendo, one of the original Nintendo Entertainment Systems, at auction, okay. sold for thirteen thousand dollars. Whoa! Was this not used? Yeah. Shit, my my boys would have had that package open and all tore up by now. So I don't have to worry about ever having a chance to have something like that. It was in the original box, but it was used. Wow. Who the hell in their right mind would pay 13 grand for a Nintendo? Well, somebody on eBay, uh, Lace Thong 35, thought she was putting up an everyday 80s era Nintendo entertainment system together with five games, but less than an hour. The first bid, the price was over $6,000. And on Wednesday, when the auction closed, the final selling price topped $13,000. $13,000 for an initial Nintendo game on eBay. But hey, not. Wish I had my old Paul's game. Hey, I've still got my TI 99. Uh, anyway, it wasn't the console itself, but one of the games that was bundled with it. A deeply obscure 1987 release called. Stadium events, a highly sought-after collector's item. But it wasn't even ah. the game itself that was 
bulk of the money, it was the original cardboard box, which collectors value at a breathtaking $10,000 just for the box. Whoa. The complete copies of the game are thought to exist, and retro gaming aficionados consider it one of the hardest to find NES games ever made. Uh-huh. That is for noodles. <laughs> there you go. That's the right word for that. That is so effing benoodles. Oh, I wonder what, 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 wonder what I could get for my old Pong game if I had it. Oh, jeez. Who knows? But I'd be digging Put it on eBay. eBay. <laughs> Put it on eBay. Apparently, uh, there's a sucker born every day. That's what P.T. Uh, Barter said. He said every second. Yeah. Uh, and the way I always heard it was there's a sucker board every second. You just happen to come along at the right time. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. There you go. Wow. I think, I, to, to, I think today I, have, I finally heard it all today. Between the Loras and uh, the Nintendo game system. Oh, man. I have heard it all. Well, you know, the good news is Bill Clinton's feeling very blessed and doing well with his new heart stint. Yeah. Oh, that's always good. That's, mm-hmm. the same, that's the exact same uh, procedure I had a few months ago. You do feel better, man. You, and we really do, man. When you come out at first, you really feel better. And I feel better now, actually. Because you know, you're getting proper blood circulating. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I felt, I felt really good because before that I was always tired. Now I'm only tired ninety percent of the time. <laughs> there you go. Sorry, now, is there it, ruin your day entirely? But. <laughs> Is there anything? Is there any interns uh, in your uh, past, there, Dennis? You want to share with the audience? Interns of the past. Any uh, famous Monica-like interns? Nah, <laughs> nah. Uh, uh, all I had was a <laughs> crazy wife for a time, man. That's all I had. That's so what enough. can I say? You know. Life's been good in that way, except for one little two-year period of my life that seemed like 20 years. When I was married to, when I was married to Ma Barker and her family. <laughs> See, it's just like Laura Eisenhower said, it is possible to die and go to hell and come back. Yes, oh, yes. Oh, yes. And 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 have to be married to the fucking devil. Excuse my French. I'm sorry. Uh-uh. You're and, French? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> maybe it slipped by her, but, but, you know, sometimes you, if you get me talking about that devil, boy, uh, whew, it really gets I'm, by one of, my, one of my all-time favorite stories was about the church congregation was all sitting there and the Preacher was given this fire and brimstone sermon, and all of a sudden the devil himself showed up, and everybody scattered the church emptied in seconds, except for this one little old man in the second pew. And the devil looked at him and said, 
aren't you scared of me? He said, you're the devil, right? He said, yeah. I said, nah, I was married to your sister for 56 years. <laughs> I was stealing that joke. I was stealing that joke. <laughs> that is pretty uh, funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, like man, the, on a really the cool pre- website. It's like, that's like what? the preacher. That's like the preacher was standing up there, and he says, "He says, uh, I want to stop one rumor right now." I said, so there's a rumor been going around that I'm a member of the Ku Klux Klan." He said, "I want to stop that rumor right now. There's no way, no how, I would ever be a member of the Ku Klux Klan." And this woman in the back stood up, and she said. No, preacher, I didn't say you were a member of the Ku Klux Klan. I said you were a booger under the sheets. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. I like that one. (laughs) Hey, listen, I found a really cool website you guys should check out. It's called The Objective or The Object Report. It's a... Identified views from around the globe, and it shows a lot of uh, stuff on UFOs and uh, rods, the famous rods. That, of course, uh, what's his face? Um, damn it, Jose Escamilla became famous for, which yeah. has been debunked to hell, obviously, of course. But some cool stuff on the on the website. Some cool pictures of lights. Could be airplanes. Could be UFOs. Thank you, man. The rods could be. The rods were what now? Flies. Those yeah, are like just flies, bro. I appreciate that. Uh, did you say it out loud so the radio audience can hear it? www.theobjectreport.com. That's it right there. Looks you got it. Looks like a good site, man. I will put that over my bookmarks and check it out later. Thank you, man. Yeah, the, the person who the person who runs it is uh, Danny Dyer. Never heard of the gentleman, but uh, cool website. I just looked it up now, and he has a YouTube page, I believe, with some information on there. I'm going to check that out later. So everybody, check that okay. out. If you want to go to some ufology news, check out his website. You know yeah, who he is, Rick? No, I know a different Danny Dyer, but oh, okay. And I have never heard his name before either. Uh, the site yeah, really looks look, like it's got it. So it looks like he's got his stuff together. Yeah, it does. It's uh, pretty impressive. I was trying to see if there's any uh, other ufology news that we could talk about. It's been kind of quiet, man. This Eisenhower story, you know, was the first uh, real big news of 2010, and I got it all excited when Rick showed it to me. I really should have. Well, I don't know now. I, 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 think, myself, I, 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 think, I think I'm going to disagree with you. I think the uh, the, uh, the ships around the moon was was a bigger story than no, this. Around the, around, you mean around the sun? Yeah, around the sun. Yeah, I think that story was. Yeah. yeah. You know, you yeah, broke that story. Not... You, you you broke that story on, on our unraveling the secrets uh, right after it yeah. came out. Sure did. Yeah, and, and, and to, for those of you who don't know what what uh, Dennis is talking about, Soho the uh, the the uh, I guess satellite that takes pictures of the sun for NASA was to, uh, taking footage of the sun in infrared and actually shows on picture, on several pictures, not just one or two, several pictures, shows what looks like objects near the sun. Uh, some look spherical, like maybe 
planet size or bigger. I mean, these objects would have to be actually several times larger than the Earth, maybe a thousand times larger than the Earth. So they're pretty big objects, but they're really near the sun. I'm talking about so close to the sun that it's unimaginable this could be a natural thing. Uh, I mean, there's no way this could be a planet. It will disintegrate being that close to the sun. So whatever this is, if it's not some kind of optical illusion, if there's really something solid there, has to be something artificial, I think. Uh, it, it just it, it does not look like anything to be natural at all. Yeah, and, and also NASA had the pictures up or the or the footage up, and then uh, after it started being talked about, they pulled them down. I, I don't think they put them back up, have they? No, yeah, the NASA released, like I said, it's not one or two pictures. It's not about dozens of pictures, and they have posted right. them on their website, NASA.com. And I guess they didn't notice. Like NASA has done this before. They put up stuff, uh, maybe not noticed it because remember they go through thousands and thousands of pictures a day, and some stuff gets by them, even though they have people there to airbrush stuff out, as we all know that they airbrush uh, stuff from pictures from the moon and whatnot, uh, but some stuff does get by the hands and, you know, gets on the Internet. They have all their pictures on the Internet, at least the ones that are released to the public. This was put on the Internet. I guess they did not see it or they did not notice what was there, and uh, as soon as it became viral that it went all over the Internet and it was all over YouTube, a day later they took it down. And they've yet to put them back up or, or anything. They put up other pictures. Uh, they don't have any objects, mysteriously enough. Uh, today, maybe have airbrushed them out or photoshopped them out. Who knows? But very, very mysterious how they would take a, take it off of the website. And if it's nothing but an optical illusion, they could just come out and say, ah, oh, that's nothing but an optical illusion or, or some kind of a trick of lighting or, or you know, the picture got messed up somehow on the transfer from the satellite to Earth, something. You know, they could have come up with some story and just left the picture there. The fact that they removed the photos from the website, it's very telling that they are trying to hide all the photos because I don't think all of them were copied by the people who leaked the info to YouTube. Then they got maybe a handful of the photos, but there were a lot more in there. And who knows what else was in there that maybe showed even closer, uh, closer pictures of the objects. Either way, it's fascinating. I, you know, I am looking to try to get more info on that. Like I said on when I was on your show, Dennis and Rick, uh, I'm, a, I'm actually trying to get a hold of the person who did the first YouTube videos of it, who leaked the information out, who found the stuff on the NASA website, and see if maybe I can get him on the show here or, or on the show on PTN or something. Uh, either way, I'm going to try right. to get him on because that dude, I mean, it, he's that, that guy's definitely connected to something because, uh, no, you know, nobody just sits there looking through pictures every day, looking through NASA's pictures, unless... You know, somebody's telling you, look for this or look for that, or you know something. Right. So let's see right. what he knows. He might know something. Yeah, that'd be great. Really... That'd be great to get him over. Go ahead, Rick. <laughs> yeah, it'd be really great to learn how he found out about him in the first place, too. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, uh, that's my thing, yeah. Yeah. I I'm intrigued. That's you know, that really is the uh, the most interesting I guess uh piece of ufology related news. It's really not ufology because they're not UFOs, but they're unidentified. They're in floating in space, so whatever they now, are. Another another the, another recent story that came out that uh is pretty good was the uh the glass tunnels uh that were seen on the moon. 
Oh, see, I hadn't heard about glass tunnels on the moon. I've heard of glass tunnels, of course, on Mars. Uh, so I'd be, I'd be glass, I'd be glass domes, I'd be glass domes over, uh, over the moon. Oh, yeah, it gets even better. Yeah, yeah. For uh, quite a number of years, but I guess there are new images. Right, there are new the images. Yeah, yeah. The, the glass domes that have been a story that has been around for a while, but what they've got is new image, Im, image, images uh, from <laughs> a different angle where you can really you can really see the curvature of the of the glass domes. Uh, I have. A, yeah, you know, I just did a I just did a Google search on glass domes on the moon. And the very first thing that came out was a Richard Hoekman video uh, right. talking about the glass domes on the moon. God bless Richard but there's, other, there's other people talking about it also, other than him. Here's the well, video, anyway. so you guys can check that out. Anyway, it's a... It's a, it's a and then the, also the glass uh, cubes on Mars, underground. You know me, anything having to do with underground. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, of course, Dennis, you're a believer of the hollow earth theory. Uh, now, well, no, wait, let me correct. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me correct that. Okay, correct that. I'm correct not necessarily that. a believer in the hollow earth theory. However, I do believe in the subterranean worlds theory. Okay. Okay. The hollow uh, earth theory. My question still, to you: The hollow earth theory is still a baby for me. Okay. So go ahead. <laughs> I just always like to clarify that. Well, here's my question. It really had nothing much to do with that. But uh, do you think there could be some kind of uh, subterranean life still on Mars? Forget what Eisenhower's uh, great-granddaughter said. Do you think there could still be something there now on Mars, like something intelligent? My, my, belief, my belief is that civilizations live on many planets underground. I believe that civilizations are meant to live underground. I believe that the, the Earth was chosen as an experiment to see if a species could live on the outside. And I believe that's what they're monitoring, is to see how we're doing on the outside. But yes, I believe, and I believe that the original Earth beings are inside now. So that, in a, in a nutshell, that's what I believe. I believe that all planets uh, have a hollow inside, be it the hollow earth theory or the subterranean worlds theory. And so, uh, yes, I do believe there's some of Mars. I also believe that the interior of the moon is hollow, and I believe that it is an artificial, uh, that the moon is actually an artificial satellite put here a long time ago, you know, way before mankind as a, as an outpost. But I don't believe it's being used much because of the attention. Uh, I believe they've gotten bases closer uh, here on Earth to do their spying from. So that's where that's my whole belief there. Interesting, especially the moon part. That's uh, that's pretty interesting to me. I don't know. Well, you know, really that, that, that. you know, that's not that's not none of that stuff is my original thought. There, you know, there's. There's research that has uh, that has gone into me coming coming out with that in my mind, and uh, each point of that has been researched, and I've gotten at least two or three good positive uh, sources for the beliefs. It's not just something that just come up, you know. 
So, uh, for instance, the mood. Uh, there's several books on the food, and, 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 a lot, and, a, and almost every one of them uh, explains how scientists, many scientists, have come to the belief that the earth is hollow. I mean, excuse me, that the moon is hollow. Now, so. do you think that uh, the, the moon is uh, something like the, the, the Death Star in Star Wars, something like that? Something like that, right. I believe that it is an outpost that was put here long time ago to watch what would happen to the experiment that Earth was and is. That's no moon. Right, the I moon was put here to watch. Cheese. That's just well, it was until, it was <laughs> until, until, actually that was really a, 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 a strong belief, and then uh, Mighty Mouse went up there and found that it was. He was disappointed, but he came back and told yeah. us that it was. God bless that mighty mouse. He's an American hero. Yes, he is. He is. He's one of the first uh, superheroes. He was the first superhero on television in color. Yep. So yes, there he was. Plus, 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 he turned many a kid on to the to the uh, the, the fighter types of classical music. Yeah. And he liked to beat up on cats. Hey, that's always fun, beating up on the uh, put. Oh, never mind. I can't hear you say that. Twist it. Never mind. Jekyll, yeah, go for it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I'm going to twist it around a little bit. And then... No rider. Hey, how been, man? Hey, man, who's Carl? You know Wooderson? Oh. How's it going, man? Hey. Pretty good. How's it going with you? Say, man, you got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> 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 I love that movie. Yeah, the show yeah. tonight has left me dazed and confused. It really has. And disappointed. Huh. You left out. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed. But at the same time, I am going to keep an open mind uh, about the whole thing. I'm going to I'm going to try to get her and interview her and uh, see if uh, maybe you know she can convince me. You know who she reminds me of? Shelly Winters. Shelly Winters. No, Shelly Winters made much more sense. But I know what you mean, the tone of voice and the delivery. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> Shelly Winters. Yeah, she did make she she did make more sense. She believed that uh wasn't she an abductee, uh, Rick? Um I don't recall that in her past, but maybe. But she definitely, she definitely believed in UFOs, and she definitely believed that they were they were coming to save mankind. Yeah, the being right there at hip should have been healthier. Uh, Jackal, for you, know, you and probably your younger audience, Shelley Winters was a movie star actress that was in every disaster movie ever made back in the sixties and seventies. 
Pretty much, she was, yeah. She was there along with Ernest Borgzak. <laughs> yeah. That's her name I know. But Ernie's still around. Yeah, she's dead. You, you, you heard what Ernie said was a secret to long life, didn't you? No. Uh, masturbation? Yeah. Frequent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard that, yeah. Stroking the chicken. <laughs> You guys are hell. Apparently, well, but, but how, yeah, how, old you, is, how old is that man? <laughs> I believe he's 93, 94, something like that. And there's your proof. Yeah. Masturbation is the key. <laughs> the one that used to get me was old, old uh, 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 George Burns, man, smoking, asking me what did he say, you know, what did he give his long life to? And he said, smoking good cigars. <laughs> Smoking good cigar and good chronic. There were three parts to, were three huh? parts to his answer. He said fresh. No, he said uh, aged cigars, aged whiskey, and young women. <laughs> <laughs> and he lived a lot of hundreds and smoked a cigar every day of his life. Yeah, yep. almost. I think that's Yeah. Of course, they and he really smoked too. He did. He did just use them as a crop. He really smoked them. Yes, he did. Well, oh, we he had, had one pure. in his mouth every time that uh, he took every, a picture too. Yeah, was, you never trademark. Yeah, you never saw him without that cigar. <laughs> and you and you know what? He made some good movies, man. Eighteen again. Uh, you know uh, the the movie where he played um, Satan, I think it was, or God or something. Oh, he played uh, God. God. Yeah. God. Yeah. There you go. That, that was, was a long cool, time yeah. ago. Yeah. That 18th. Was... He made a bunch of really good movies. What was good the name of that movie, buddy? He was already older. Where he played God, where uh, George Bird played God. I think it's called God. Yeah. Oh, God. It was... oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. She says there was one, two, and three, and old and old. <laughs> yep. That's about right. It was only in one of them. Yeah. But that was uh, that was that was great. Yeah, he was he's a, a good actor. Even even in his eighties, he was making good films. So gotta give it up to George Burns. Well, you know, if you if you go back, if you go, what is it, Lulu or wherever the old movies are, and look at some of his old, just check out one of the old George Burns, Gracie Allen movies, and you'll laugh your ass your ass off. Oh yeah, and look, yeah. let's look. <laughs> Let's look at some of his uh, movies here. The last movie he did was Radio Land Murders, an excellent movie. came out in 94. Yeah. Uh, before yeah. that, he did one in 88 called 18 Again, which I just mentioned. Uh, and he did Oh, God, You Devil, which was in 1984. Yeah. Grandpa, yeah. Will You Run With Me in 1983. Two of a Kind in 1982. Oh, God, Book Two, 1980. Going in Style, yeah. 1979. Just You and Me, Kid, 1979. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, 1978. Then the original, Oh God, in 1977. Quite ironically, wow. was born, too. I didn't realize it was that old. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that old, man. He, he did a lot of other good movies, too, but those are the highlights, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, it, well, it was later years. Yeah. Well, yeah, his later years, he got really popular with uh, the last few movies he did. 
Uh, 18 again was a huge hit. It wasn't, you know, box office, you know, bomb or anything like that, but it was a pretty big hit in, uh, in the U.S. It's, you know, it's a memorable movie. I remember it vividly watching it. Well, if you, you know, if you're uh, if you're an actor, if you're an actor, you li- and you live to be a hundred, you should sell out every movie. You know, if you're if you're good yeah. like he was. <laughs> Because <laughs> you know he's got ever age that likes you. Yeah, seriously. I mean, he was at Bonneville. I mean, yeah. You realize he was in he was in, in show business before radio. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> he was in show business before talkies. He was in before talkies. Talk. Yeah, yes, he was. He was in and, silent movies. Yeah, he was. And you know, this so, is sad. I just uh, was looking up some George Brent stuff here, and I, in two thousand and seven. Ronnie Burns, the son of George Burns and Gracie Allen, died at age of 72. Wow. <laughs> Ronnie Burns, the son of George Burns, yeah. Uh, he actually played himself in, in uh, on his parents' TV show in the 1950s. Uh, he died of, uh, let me see if it says it here. Well, <laughs> old age, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Before his dad. Probably yeah. lung cancer from all them cigars. Probably. From his dead cigars. Now they come up and they said, now there's third hand smoke. Have you heard that? Yes. Oh, Lord. Yeah, third hand yeah. smoke. It comes out of the carpet and drapes and stuff and it can cause cancer in people. Well, that, that's put pretty that minor in compared your, to you. Hey, put that in your pipe for smoking. <laughs> Rolling with that, folks. Okay. <laughs> well, I just I just thought that was hilarious. Third hand smoke, buddy. The drape country companies, the drape and carpet companies are gonna be telling us anybody that used to smoke in the last twenty years, you need to roll up your carpets and put down the Yeah. <laughs> that is hysterical. They'll come up with some miracle fiber next that won't release it again. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, no, they're gonna, no, they're gonna go along with that when they make it illegal to smoke in your house. Smoke yeah, alarms uh, will be hooked to the smoke alarms will be hooked to the police station, and and they'll be set they'll be set to where if you light up a a cigarette, be it i.e. tobacco or other type of pleasurable stuff, it will instantly set off the smoke alarm and the police. Will know that you just lit something illegal. Yeah, and they'll That's arrive. Awesome. They'll arrive at your house and crush out their own cigarette before they come to arrest you. Yeah. They will arrive at your house yeah, in black suits with with ski mask on and two German Shepherd dogs and a big long metal bar to bash in your door and grab that cigarette and, and cart your ass off to jail. And I'll be playing this in the background the whole Rolling time, right here. <laughs> Guys, we're taking off for the night. We got a couple minutes left here. Thanks everybody in the chat room for coming out tonight. Thanos, Rick, thank you for coming out and participating. And it's been a funny two hours. We'll catch you guys on chat room. I was gonna clean my room until I got high. I was gonna get up and find the room, but then I got high. Guys, you want to say anything before we leave? I just say we'll see you tomorrow night on Unraveling the Secrets.
Terrell Blog Talk Radio and overall Channel One at PeoplesTVNetwork.com at midnight Eastern Time. And uh, that's about all I got to say. Bye. <laughs> there you go. Catch everybody tomorrow. Everybody take care. Have a good night. And uh, real quick, I want to give a shout-out to one of my friends who's uh, listening to the show tonight, Mr. Steve Romero. Props to you for I checking out the show tonight. He's in the chat room, Mr. Green. That's him. Props to him for coming out tonight. Peace, everybody. Bye, Steve. Bye, Steve. Who are you talking to? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this goes out to all the little people of the world. Don't grow up too fast, man. Take your time. Do it right. Yo, kid. Talk to him. Check. I watched the old heads reminisce about old bread they wish they would have made. Money squandered that they could have saved at an early age. Dropped out of school in early grade. If they would have finished, they could have got paid a better wage. While they friends chased life faster and made their way to the lowly graves. Others sit back and get plastered. Season lasted to blame the lack of perseverance. Slackers on the sinners of them slave masters. They age and know they never took the time to build their craft up. Look for the answers from pastors while they life past them. Hide from pipe while ice blasting to get them back to a time when they thrived off a bright passion. I fight like every day's my last one. I never take my freedom for granted. Like an egg that's up in them handcuffs. I methodically kill like Manson and try to get my money like they holding grandma's for ransom. What's mine will come in Jumping the gun, stumbling, tons of mistakes But these are the breaks, humble was never fun Though it taught me to shake it off and reevaluate My motto was, it's better to take The obstacle around and way I get to speak None of that dumb hate locked me in gates Some say, life is a one way And you should try to pace I should have listened to Uncle Mike Cause he was really right, he tried to tip me So what, grown man life will be like a grandfather When he bothered to rob me that bike I saw the kids moving, I just wanna do it I'm like, without fear And if I lose it in full, it's nothing at all. He sounded amusing, that's when my dumb ass hit up that wall My pride was hurt, but I was more pissed off It's like an old story, what a repetitive theme From Tyler the Teen, student the MC I knew where I wanted to be, I wanted to be There's nothing you can tell me When I'm dearly departed My life wasn't what I thought it would be when I started We was broke as a family But when I think back then I could determine that's the wealthiest that I've ever been Church flea market apparel Dressed like the crippled child from the Christmas carol But nothing comparable to the avenues that are back in Peru Picture a country where people's dreams never come true Even Spanish TV won't let you see the squalor A white Jesus on the wall But they worship the mighty dollar I became a cat burglar, thief and a robber Street farmers, suspicious rides in Connecticut, holler, the cops collared me for the way I reacted violently, and the prison system made me a slave and a commodity, buried underground like prehistoric pottery, but then my life fell apart like families after the lottery, but in the hole I wrote a prophecy I will fulfill, and every year I grow stronger and
triple my skill And even though my cap will be pilled And I will be killed At least it's for the revolution And not over crew My will and testament Tramples the mind of a pessimist Take you back to the Greek world Before Genesis Effortless demeanor Like FEMA during Katrina Cause my flow cannot be locked up Like the mind of a dreamer Yeah Mine will come in time.